Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Tommy, Ocean Chinook or Puget Sound Coho? What is your palate favorite? And you drop yeah. that kokanee on top of that barn door halibut's head, 67 feet of water, and he was not happy about that. Well, I don't know. What do you think? Boxers or briefs? Ooh, I'm going to have to go with a European cut speedo. Fantastic. Excellent choice. I yeah. love tuna. I do love tuna. Heck yeah! <laughs> <laughs> hey, you know, I have a buddy who refers to Canadian geese as flying carp. Obviously, he's not cooking them. Right? <laughs> he clearly, right? oh, ocean snook. Seriously? Hands down. Really? Hands down. I don't fish for coho. Ah, good point. Hey, speaking of grind, can you tell the difference between ground deer and ground elk? Honestly, taste the difference. You know, Dwayne, we only get one chance to live this life. Mm-hmm. And you will always regret the things that you don't do. So you know what I tell people? Buy the damn boat. Hey, you know, the facts are some days are just a grind. Welcome to Fish Hunt Northwest, the number one fishing and hunting talk show throughout the Pacific Northwest and beyond. Now here's your host, Dwayne England, and of course, the infamous Tommy Donlan. Hey, hello, and welcome to Fish Hunt Northwest. Dwayne England, Tommy Donlan. Here we are, buddy, back in studio. Yeah, had a wild week already. Oh, uh, had a wild week, wild weather, wild road trip, the whole deal. Yeah. We're going to get into a little bit. Good to see you. You got a little sun while we were out there. I did. I was working on my tan. Huh? Yeah, I think I did a pretty good job. Uh, you're a lot further along this year than I am, that's for certain. <laughs> so I want to thank everybody for jumping on, joining us this evening. Got a lot of great info to cover as we do each and every week here at Fish Hunt Northwest. If uh, you have not taken the time, jump over to our webpage, if you would. And check out everything we got going on there, all the blogs and uh, contributing information, videos, links. It, it ties you to all our social media platforms. You can pretty much get to anywhere from there. Also, take a little time, get over on the uh, Fish on Northwest uh, page on YouTube. Check out our YouTube channel. Subscribe if you would, help us blow up those numbers. And also, uh, while you're on the Facebook, or excuse me, the YouTube, uh, the YouTube page or a web page for that matter. Uh, click on that FHN20 coupon. We've got the FHN20 coupon that is there for your convenience. It takes you right to the Edge Rods link. All Edge Rods through Fish on Northwest are 20% off all the time. Do us a favor, uh, shop at Edge. You will not be disappointed. Quality products coming out of there, Tommy. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> and every line of rod that they make. Uh, hello, everybody. Uh, Paul and Larry and uh, all the guys jumping on. Jay Sinnon, hello, buddy. Uh, yeah, glad to see you guys all on here joining us each and every week as we do. Uh, so we spoke of it briefly. We're going to get into it a little more detail, but yeah, we uh, we made a road trip over to the east side, man, and boy, um, kind of caught us off guard day one. Oh yeah, I mean, we're going over there thinking like we're going to have some really great weather, you know, a typical summer in the middle of the state, and uh, not the case. Not the case at all. Uh, probably why I keep the uh, the bibs and the rain jacket in the boat. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, I brought zero rain gear. Yeah, yeah. and uh, about a half hour into the morning, once we kind of had quasi some of the gear deployed in the white caps and the wind and everything, uh, I'm back there by myself in the rain gear. Everybody else is huddled in the cabin, <laughs> yeah, right? It's like, yeah. and we're going. Well, you know, it's not the ocean, but it's uh, it's darn close to Puget Sound right now. Yeah. Well, so. when, you, when you know when you point your boat th- your boat this way. Right, and it's going this way, yeah. and you're crab walking hard. Yeah. You know that it's not right. Uh, Richie, <laughs> Richie uh, got some fantastic pictures and video while we're driving yeah. of the morning sky just lighting up. The lightning, yes. 
the torrential downpour, almost hydroplaning with the boat in tow. I mean, it was... Uh, well, we were talking about, you know, hey, should we go? Should we not go? Are we going to get struck by lightning? Should we put the rods down? Right. You know? Yeah. Yeah. It's like every rod I'm putting in a rocket launcher is a lightning rod. <laughs> yeah. And I'm going, yeah. this, this is not going to go well. Uh, but uh, we made it work, and we're going to get into that a little bit later in the show here. We got a full recap of our trip, our quest for sockeye. Tommy's first time ever doing that. Mm-hmm. I've done sockeye before, uh, but not at Brewster. Not at Brewster. Yeah. Not at Brewster. Good point. So, all right, buddy, uh, running down the show. Got a great show lined up. We will come back from break, and we will uh, delve into what it was that we uh, find ourselves doing. Brewster Pool Sockeye, how did we do it? What did we learn? We always mm-hmm. learn something, especially yeah. on new fisheries. Right? Uh, you're, you're and I brain, I, I think our brains were going 100 miles an uh-huh. hour, trying you know, to, trying yeah. to figure out this Rubik's Cube. Yep, yep. yep. That, is, uh, that is the Brewster Pool. Uh, also, hey, where are the tuna? Captain Mark Coleman, longtime buddy of ours, all river saltwater charters, Westport Report. We're going to talk tuna. We're going to talk, obviously, salmon. The Chinook fishing is just redunctive. Phenomenal. <laughs> Unbelievable. So, but, uh, hey, it wouldn't, be, uh, wouldn't do a service for anybody if we don't at least get into that tuna discussion, Tommy. I know you're looking That's forward right. to that for sure. Yes. Um, Bay Lab with you, my friend, Ocean Chinook. We're going to get you all dialed, paying attention to what Tommy's bringing to the table. you got a good one lined up. I do. I'm I excited do. to see that. Uh, also, we uh, talked about it last week. We're going to really take a look at it this week. Uh, our Flaming Gorge video that we created, albeit, you know, they're in and out, they're quick and short, but we like it that way. I'm um, going to bring you some info, kind of just what we experienced over there. When you go on a destination drive, 1,000 miles for, for, for Trophy Kokanee, this is kind of what you can be uh, in for. Again, weather, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, unexpected weather again. What is with these reservoirs and weather? I, there's a pattern <laughs> Can here. we get a break? Can we get a break? And then we're going to close out the show with uh, what I like to refer to as the ongoing, never-ending, once again, rinse-repeat, Spring bear debacle. Yeah, the plot thickens. The plot thickens. Um, our commission had a meeting the other day. If you missed it, we're going to fill you in. We get all the details. So don't go anywhere. Lots of info to cover and uh, lots of insight as we get through this uh, next full hour, Tommy, next full hour. So going to jump out for a quick break. We come back. We're going to un- unwind, unpack our experience over there at Brewster, tell you what's going on with them sockeye and more right here at Fish on Northwest. Defiance Marine is the one-stop shop for the Pacific Northwest Angler. Defiance Marine guarantees the best price on a new and best service on a repower for your current boat. Defiance Marine is a Honda Premier dealership and one of the largest on the West Coast. Defiance Marine is a boat dealer who proudly sells Defiance, Allied, and Arima boats. All boats are built by West Coast fishermen for West Coast fishermen. Defiance Marine has all your boating needs to help you get out on the water. If you're looking for the best fishing rods in the world, you really do need to take a look at the edge rods. I designed and built new machinery, and I think this new machinery has enabled us to build blanks like no other company can build without this equipment. There is no other rods in the world that are as good as these rods. You owe it to yourself to take a good look at them. Hey, welcome back to the show. Dwayne and Tommy Donlin here in the studio. And uh, lots of activity here already, Tommy. Lots of guys lighting it up here. Uh, Michael, mm-hmm. yeah, what's up, Fish Killers? Yeah, you yourself, Fish Killer. Nice shoes, by the way. I know. Apparently These are the uh, Robert's corn feds. Those are the corn yep. feds. 
Um, yes, uh, Dave West, lots of uh, lots of information coming in on the old email via openings and closings. We're going to cover a number of those. You just mentioned CQ, mm-hmm. by the way. Yeah, they're going back to seven days a week. When does that start? Uh, I believe it's July 25th. Not to put you on so the spot, okay. Yeah, yeah. Yep. So we got a number of those, Dave. We will definitely cover as we uh, meander our way through the show, some of it with our guests and some of it as we uh, get later into the show. Definitely going to cover that stuff. It is a very fluid management style as of late it seems even with these large numbers yeah. Tommy we have openings and closings and every other day and you know we're, we're skip fishing and just I mean all kinds of and, and that's stuff. a good thing because I think it tells you that WFW is on top of it right they're, I think paying, so too. they're very tuned in to what's going on yeah they're having the discussion real time yeah making a decision so yes. I, I applaud them for that yeah versus yeah. just uh letting it run its gamut and then we get the end of season, and then once they figure it all out, and we're way over, so then we get in the penalty box for next year. Right. Or, or, or the opposite, shut it down early and then never reopen it yeah. and leave fish on the table. They'll leave fish on the table. So. so the fact that they're moving it back and forth right now, that works yeah. for uh, you and I and I think a handful of others. So speaking of which, 640-plus thousand sockeye over the dam. Of yeah, which, that's by, so many fish. Right? Of which, by the way, only half of those are above Wells Dam, which if you know where Wells Dam is, Brewster Pool is between Wells and Chief Joe. We're fishing yeah. above Wells, yep. below Chief Joe, below the Okanagan River coming <coughs> in to that particular, uh, the Brewster Pool, as it's uh, aptly named. So um, we decided, yeah, we're going to team up with our buddies over there at Max, Bobby and Britton, and, of course, Richie Herod, um, gracious enough to host us at his house. Pretty sure he knew what he was in for, but he was willing to take it on. Yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> he took a risk there. <laughs> he took a risk there. But, um, yeah, so the five of us, uh, two days I had, I didn't even bother to look at weather. You mentioned yeah. it at the opener. We're going to the I, east side. Yeah, I mean, I, lo- I looked at it, you know, and I saw some rain. Yeah. But I didn't associate that with, you know, like thunder and lightning and fires. Everything else. Literally torched off fires. So when yep. we got done fishing, we're coming back. The smoke's filling the Inyat Valley, and there's a ridge on fire. And uh, you're taking pictures, and the helicopters yeah. are dropping. Three fixed wings are dropping water. I mean, they're mm-hmm. they're on top of this thing. Mm-hmm. It ended up being, I think, 700. 750 acres, yep. and they had it well contained. I don't think that any properties yeah, were grass you fire, know, just, just grass, yeah. But uh, that was how the morning started out. We got there. The flags were standing straight out sideways. People mm-hmm. were waiting in their trucks, kind of waiting for this thing to pass. And the more we kept pulling up the radar... The more it just kept saying, oh, yeah, well, yeah, 8 o'clock was kind of, well, looks like 11 now. So, mm-hmm. well, we're just going to go fish with them because we ain't right. going to wait around right. for five, six hours. Not with these bathroom accommodations. So, right. <laughs> we're like, right. getting out of here. Uh, so, we headed on out, you know, did the best to get the gear in, running downriggers, three lead rods out the back. We're fishing everything out the back. Uh, took us a bit to get that first fish. It did. But, I mean, I mean, it was just, it was atrocious conditions. It was howling. You know. I mean, the wind was pushing us in inshore. Mm-hmm. We it was hard to maintain our troll lane. Yeah, um, we were crabbing the gear, so we had some tangles we were dealing with. But yep. I think I think it was still a good call mm-hmm. because I think you and I both knew that like, well, this isn't going to last all day. Sure, and we want to be in the right spot at the time mm-hmm. that that weather winds down. Finally settles down. I mean, with sockeye, it's so important to maintain, you know, troll speed. Troll yes. speed's everything. Yeah, and it's really easy to go too fast. Way too mm-hmm. fast, and mm-hmm. so and we're getting wind push. We're having that early discussion of we might have to throw the kicker in reverse. Yeah, I mean I've had to do that out on the lake here, right? Just right. to get to that optimal speed and boat control and all those things. But we were we first couple hours we're crabbing, completely crabbing, and uh, trying to maintain speed. And once it finally started dying down a little bit, the rain was on and off. On and off. Rain doesn't bother me. It's that wind mm-hmm. that's going to put the kibosh to the fishing. Mm-hmm. But and you know 
with that uh, Allied Mustang, we are going to catch her a little more wind than the flat bottom boats sure. out there running around. Right. You know, so we right. just deal with it. I mean, and uh, how'd you like fishing out that boat? Dude, it's awesome. Huh? It was great. We got five, yeah. you know, full grown men in there moving around and fishing, and, and, and we didn't have a problem no. at all. No. You know, and we had all the. We didn't have any bow rods. We could have put bow rods yep. out, but we Spread had five rods out the back, mm-hmm. and it worked great. Yeah. Yep. So first day, you know, got into it, uh, found some patterns that were working, scratched out a decent number of fish based on the condition, and mm-hmm. you know, enjoyed our day. I mean, it finally settled down, and you know, the pinks were working. We caught some on the hoochies, and yep. Um, but then it's all about that local intel. Yeah. Right? Yeah, we didn't get our limits the first day. We did not. And so we were kind of sitting there thinking, like, okay. What do you we know, but then do? you see that you know, you see Sammy out there and Brad, you know, Brad Wagner and Troy, Troy Black, Black and all, all those guys. Mm-hmm. And you're thinking, okay, okay, what's what's the deal? What's right. going what on? Okay, what are they doing differently? What do they know? Yeah. I think the thing that I saw, you know, from day one to day two mm-hmm. um, that I picked up on was the profile of the lure and the coon shrimp yeah okay um we were you know and i and i'm talking like a, a micro difference here sure uh, i'm really i'm talking the difference between a smile blade a hoochie and a medium coon shrimp right. and uh, a smile blade no hoochie couple beads and a slightly smaller coon shrimp okay <laughs> right. and they we're were definitely keying in on that smaller profile bait tell you what we're gonna <clears throat> we're gonna be up against the break here so we're going to save the change the switch up what we did altered for day two that actually got us onto more fish was it our change up was it the weather mm-hmm. it's a little combination of both we'll we'll delve back into that uh, later on the show, so stick around because we're going to break that all down for you. Don't go anywhere. We're going to jump out for a couple-minute break. we come back. Our buddy Mark Coleman, full-on tuna report, and how about those Chinook out of Westport right here, Fish on Northwest. The new leader in heavy-gauge aluminum boats. Allied boats have standard reverse china and lifting rakes to help you plane faster and run at lower RPMs. Allied boats have several models to choose from, ranging from a 19-foot Mustang all the way up to a 32-foot Liberator. So regardless of what type of heavy gauge aluminum boats you are looking for, Allied Boats will have it for you. Contact Allied Boats today to learn more about these incredible fishing machines. Hi, this is Joe and Megan from Archery World. Uh, We have four store locations. We are at the Lacey location right now. I just want to highlight some of our camping gear. We have uh, Mystery Ranch packs. We have crispy boots. We have six-hour optics. We carry Havilon knives. We carry Garmin products as well. So it's not just archery. We want to try to make this one-stop shopping for you guys. And so if you need it and it puts you in the outdoors, we probably have it. So come down and see us. Hey, welcome back, Fish on Northwest. Uh, on the phone, a guest, no stranger. Yep. Previously, Tommy, and we've known Mark a long time. Mark Coleman, All Rivers Saltwater Charters Captain, and uh, been out there on the ocean as of late. Tommy's been out there chasing some salmon and some tuna, and uh, mm-hmm. it's going well. Welcome to the show, Mark. Thanks, you guys. Appreciate it. Absolutely. Hey, so we got an update on the fishing rigs, Mark. You want to break that down for us? Yeah, so for you're talking about salmon here in area yeah, two, yeah, absolutely, yeah, yeah, absolutely. So with the with the strong as the fishing's been, we've we've taken a pretty big chunk out of the quota. So before things got too out of control, uh, the powers that be met and came up with a game plan to slow things down a little bit. So starting tomorrow, it's going to go from seven days a week Chinook and Coho to five days a week Chinook, but they're going to keep Coho open seven days a week. So you'll have salmon opportunity you know, we, you know, all, all through. And then, uh, 
you know, for guys that want to run down to area one, that's going to be open for King seven days a week as well. So that's an option is, you know, as well for guys that can run down there. That's phenomenal. Right. Yeah. So uh, no Chinook retention Friday and Saturday. Is that right? Correct. Okay. In area two. In area two. But you, like you mentioned, you can still go out and get your, get your two co-hosts. So it's not like you're not salmon fishing. So, Hey, when we talk about Chinook, and uh, Westport, you know, you, t- you hear guys talk about inside, outside, guys are fishing inside, finding them near, uh, got to run out outside, kind of break down the difference inside, outside, and where are a lot of these Chinook right now being found? Right now, most of us are fishing out in deep water, you know, 300, 325, even up to 350 feet of water. And that's where the fish, um, that's where we got the season started, you know, basically off the commercial report. And it's kind of funny, I, you know, I can't, I can't tell you that there aren't fish or even better fishing somewhere else, maybe on the beach, maybe, maybe in 180 feet of water, but you know how it is with good fishing and fishermen. When we have a spot, you know, we all just keep going back to what's working. So, um, can't say that there, that there's not fish in other spots, but I pretty much on the daily, we're running out there about 300 feet of water and, you know, the Chinook's deep and the co are up high. And, um, it's just been incredible. I mean, probably the, the best salmon fishing that, that I've seen, you know, in my short time around wow. here. And I'm hearing, hearing kind of the same thing from some of the guys that have been out here for, for decades. Yeah. So it's just incredible. Yeah. It's a phenomenal year. I've been following you and your team, Mark, and they've been putting a lot of fish on the deck and a lot of nice Kings too. Um, so for those folks that go out there and they may, you know, maybe they're in the zone, but they struggle um, to put the fish on the deck. Uh, what would you recommend, you know, especially, especially if we're talking schnook, what would you recommend in terms of presentation and gear? What we use day in, day out, and it's, it's kind of, kind of embarrassing to admit, but we use some pretty boring, plain Jane stuff. And it's stuff that has been working for years and years and years. And we don't really change our gear a whole lot. We have confidence in it and we know where to put it. So putting the gear in the right spot really is, is, is number one. So whether you're going to do a flasher and a hoochie or a flasher and a spoon or, uh, you know, uh, a plug on without, you know, just a plug down deep or whatever. If you're getting that gear where the fish are, what it is you're using matters a lot less. And these are just guidelines, of course, but you know, 180 feet on the wire down to 280 on the wire or 300 on the wire mm-hmm. is, is going to be your, your Chinook zone. Now you're going to catch coho there. You're going to catch a few coho there and you're, we're, we're catching a few Kings with the gear up at 50 feet as well. But, you know, the down deep stuff's more Chinook and with the little mix and the, and the, the up high stuff's more coho. And um, the fish are in pockets and you'll go 20 minutes and it's quiet and you'll, you'll get, and you'll get three, you know, three at yeah. a time maybe, hmm. you know, and then you go 20 minutes and you feel like you're not in the spot. So we're hearing a lot of guys, you know, losing confidence and wanting to move and, and we're making like, five to eight mile trolls oh wow just, oh, wow. just yeah. with it oh okay. yeah just yeah. going and going okay. and going and going so just stay confident with your gear down through the quiet times and uh you know flasher and hoochie that's yeah honestly yeah. that's all we use is that that's a north south troll are you sticking with you know starting north and then trolling south you're not trolling to the north whatever the winds are doing. So okay. most days it's out of the north and we're trolling down the hill, but there's there's days where it's it's coming from the south and we typically will go with it. It's just easier. It's more practical and easier yeah. and, and um, your gear fishes more consistently, you know, at a speed. It's not, you're not mm-hmm. pounding through waves and getting knocked down and knocked back. And yeah. um, so we tend to just, just troll with it. 
Hey, Mark, we're going to be up against a break here real quick. But before we do, uh, jump to Coho just briefly. What am I changing up, if anything, really, if I'm actually targeting Coho versus going after those Chinook? What we've been doing is just bringing the gear up high, you know, 50 and shallower on the riggers and putting some divers out um, with herring um, on the divers. Mm. Uh but the same Chinook gear, the, the Plowsher and Hoochie or Spoon, um, is going to work up there for the Coho as well. Um, and you'll get Kings up there in the mix too. Gotcha. Um, yep. You know, and when the Coho come, it's usually a few at a time. So make yep. sure you bring two nets. Hey, so we're gonna uh, do sure. yeah. Do us a favor. We're going to jump for a quick break. I'm uh, going to hold on to you for a couple of minutes. Come back. We're going to delve into this whole tuna t- uh, discussion. Sound good? You bet. All right. Jump out for a quick break. We'll be right back here with Mark Coleman on Fish on Northwest. Contract Security Service provides day-to-day peace of mind as they protect people and property. Here at Phoenix, we provide service for multiple state and federal contracts with services ranging from uniform, patrol, alarm monitoring, canine detection, executive protection, as well as investigative work. Recruiting highly qualified officers is the first step in building a strong team. If you are prior military or law enforcement, go to www.phoenixprotectivecorps.com and apply today. New days, new beginnings, new friends, new loves. New dreams, new goals, new scenery, new job. No matter what the next chapter holds, Better Homes and Gardens Real Estate will be there to help you find the new that's right for your lifestyle at any stage of your life. Better Homes and Gardens Real Estate. Expect better. Welcome back, Fish on Northwest. Hey, we are on the phone with Captain Mark Coleman, All River Saltwater Charters. Tommy, uh, probably got to get a little tuna discussion in. We do. We have to get the tuna discussion in. Uh, of course, my favorite topic, probably Mark's favorite topic, too. <laughs> probably. So we got to cover it. Yeah. Um, and Mark, I think, you know, over the past, I don't know how many years, you've kind of made a name for, you know, you, yourself, um, All Rivers and Saltwater Charters, and just your whole team and kind of the culture you've created in Westport. You made a name for yourself in being, you know, the first, um, you know, the first person that goes out and actually pursues our tuna run. Um, can you talk a little bit? I know you, you got out there, you got some early success. Talk about what you're seeing and kind of what do you think of the water, right? The water I like a lot. Um, I liked it on the shots and being out there, been out there four times in this last, since last Saturday. And the water structure is amazing. There's a, a really good break right around 40 to 45 miles, just real traditional, right where it starts to get deep. Um, temp and chlorophyll break there. Nice, uh, clean green water to look at. And then it gets warmer and cleaner blue and, and, you know, good water to look at that. So the water's, the water's all there. There's a few fish around. Um, it's tough. You know, there's, there's not, it really hasn't been anybody else out, um, looking around. So I can only pick a little, such a little spot, you know, area to look at each day and, and, uh, it gets challenging, but, uh, we've have run into some fish. We ran into fish on our first trip last Saturday and our, and our second trip. And so, um, it's just kind of, it's all starting to come together, starting to start. They're starting to show up. Yeah. Any other seasons, previous seasons you would compare this to, whether it's like on par, it's late. You, you get the, you get the conferences going on social media. Oh, they're late. They're early. They're not here. They're not going to show there. What is it in your mind? What, uh, what are you seeing comparatively? Uh, 
typically we see this gets get going from anywhere from like mid mid June to mid July. And it, and it all kind of starts the same way where, um, you know, there's, there's a few little schools that have come over and you're having inconsistent fishing and it just builds and builds and builds. And so to say that this is late, it, it's, it's hard to say that really. Um, especially with the offshore reports that we're getting from mm-hmm. the commercial fleet, um, they're seeing some really strong fishing and, and fish that are moving east by the hour, you know, and, and it's cool to track where these boats are in my conversations with them, um, day to day, you know, the, they're just, they're constantly on the move this time of year with that offshore fish. The, the offshore fish don't hang around anywhere out there. They're just, they're just moving east, basically feeding along the way. And they really don't stop and stack up until they, they get inside here on the edge. It's the only real structure. So yeah. they almost never have a two, two in a row, good fishing day. They'll have, two days powerful fishing and, and the next morning they'll be gone and they, they move east and then they find more fish and, and then they just start to stack in the inside here. Yeah. You know, one of the topics that we've discussed in the past, and I think last year um, we had one of the worst runs we've seen since 1991. If you look at the commercial catch rates and we also noted that last year we had a really poor run on anchovies and it's hard to say that the correlation between the lack of anchovies and the lack of the tuna run is, is necessarily causation we don't know that for sure but what are you seeing on the anchovy front in westport we're doing better than last year um they are are slowly filling the pens um mike cornman there at westport seafoods who, who runs that bait operation um feels that it's uh about 25 percent better than last year um maybe maybe even a little bit more than that there's we're, we're all we're all cleared to buy bait. Anybody can come over there and buy bait, and uh, no restrictions or anything like that. Um, it's interesting to think about uh, whether they are related. Um, I would say so far, what I'm hearing and seeing for for tuna, it's it's looking better than last year, and and here we are with a better anchovy report as well. Mm-hmm. So hopefully that just keeps going. Um, the boat's out fishing right now, um, so obviously they have bait to to go after you know to be out there trying to put it up so all right hey uh we're gonna have to we're gonna have to bounce gotta get on up out here yeah so it it, it happens quick appreciate the info mark always uh never enough time always too much intel to get through but uh, always appreciate you taking time because you're extremely busy so uh come on back join us anytime you bet, guys. Appreciate it. Have Absolutely. Good Thanks, Mark. Right. Have a great okay. night. Captain Mark Coleman, okay. All River Saltwater Charters. Look them up on social media platforms and their Facebook page or webpage. Tons of info. They're fishing everything. And, yeah. Uh, do yourself a service and uh, jump on board with them. All right. Going to jump out for a quick break, Tommy. Uh, that does it for the first half of the show. We're going to come back. We are in the Bait Lab with you. Yes, we are. Going over Chinook techniques for uh, Ocean Chinook. Don't want to miss out on that. Don't go anywhere. Couple minute break. We'll be right back here at Fish on Northwest. Sportco and Outdoor Emporium is the largest local outfitter in the Northwest since 1975, providing thousands of people affordable outdoor gear. Make your next outdoor adventure more affordable by shopping at our warehouse style pricing. We are a local Scotty dealer offering sales, service, and repair. Located in Fife and Seattle, come visit us today. The outdoors awaits you.
It's easier than ever to browse homes and connect with an agent on the go with Better Homes and Gardens Real Estate's mobile app. With the app, your home search is synced across all of your devices, so you can pick up your home search anytime, anywhere. Take full advantage of an enriched, mobile-optimized map search experience. Use location services to quickly find homes near you that match your search criteria. Draw your own map boundaries to find homes in a specific area, and apply layers to view school districts, neighborhoods, zip codes, and more. The app's user-friendly design makes it easier than ever to find a home you'll love. Narrow down your search results, save your search criteria, and save your favorite homes. You can browse your saved homes in a list view that puts photos and key details, like price and square footage, right at your fingertips. Or check out your saved homes displayed on the map. Welcome back, Fish Hunt Northwest. Waiting on Tommy Dallin as we wind it down here, buddy. Mm -hmm. Home stretch. We are uh, we on a tight, tight schedule. Yep, and we'll, we will have going forward. We will <laughs> we will be <laughs> subjected to a tight schedule going forward. So uh, with that, so yeah, you know, I did take time. I don't know. I found some time, believe it or not, uh, earlier this week to. Oh, I was getting my oil changed at the dealership, and I sat there and put that meeting on, and it literally uh, filled the time, and I could not believe what I was hearing. Um, as this mm -hmm. meeting progressed and they got into the uh, allotted time to discuss the spring bear and whether or not they were going to move forward with any type of decision-making process or uh, come up with some masterful plan, of which they succeeded, and uh, even going delving deeper into this, you know, what is I refer to as the debacle that is. So um, it all started with uh, Chair Barbara Baker, and uh, here is the motion she put before the commission, Tommy, and this is really, this is completely drafted and planned and uh, executed with uh, laser precision, in my mm -hmm. opinion. Uh, I moved that the commission supersede the action adopted on January 21st, 2022. So they're basically taking what they already had said they were going to do and just throwing that in the back, back room uh, with a, a commission intent to sequence review and potential revision. Potential revision means, hey, we're going to take a look at this thing, uh, of the department policy on spring bear hunts prior to any rulemaking for annual season and to convey to WDFW game division staff that the commission does not want them to prepare an annual season proposed rule for a commission decision in October of 2022. Yeah. That's not a surgical strike. Yeah. And as you're listening to this, you're probably thinking it's word soup. So I want to help break this down a little bit. Mm -hmm. um, so the commission, the WDFW commission, right, that, you know, we have talked about at nauseum. Yes. Uh, that we have great concern about that commission. OK, they said, hey, um, don't don't prepare a proposal for the spring bear hunt. Right. Don't don't even don't it's even bother. Season, right? don't, yep. yep. Because we need to hash out a policy first. Mm -hmm. Right. And, you know, you got Director Suzwin and even some of the other commission members saying, what are you talking about? There's already a policy in place. There's right. already a management plan there. Mm -hmm. What are you talking about? Yep. It's like if I had somebody working for me and I said, hey, you know, you're doing the you're doing the, the job wrong. You would say, well, OK, tell me what I'm doing wrong. Yeah. Right. There's yeah. none of that going on. They're not yeah. saying, well, this is the problem or that or the problem. They're just saying, ah, we don't like it. We need to determine a policy. It was to the point where uh, Reagan, who's one of the newer commissioners, she opted to kind of put in there something, some word salad of the fact that uh, there was concern about the bear population, the impact that a spring bear hunt would have on that. Director Seusswin raised his hand, jumped in right away and said, look, I just need to correct 
the words that are being thrown out here and that we as a department and my staff and the science data that we have supported and proven and provided, uh, we have no concern as we have a very robust bear population in the state of Washington and we have no qualms about conducting a spring bear hunt um, moving forward. And so just to make sure we're on the same page here, we don't have a concern that there is a, an impact that we need to be concerned about uh to the, to the spring bear or to the bear population if we conduct a spring bear hunt. Right. Yeah, and, and really what it comes down to, and, you know, McKaysey called it, it's it's nothing more than ensuring that we don't have a hunt in 2023 or 2024. Correct. They're trying to drag their feet, yep. make this all political, yep. just so we can't get another hunt in 2023. That's, re- that's what they're doing. I refer to this as political agenda posturing, and they're just coming out with means of, you know, tying it up in, in political jargon, which is to say they want to review this policy that's been in place and has done just fine. Uh, the bear population is robust. We don't have an impact on uh, lactating sows that we've already determined via the science that Stephanie provided way back last year. But yet we have these commissioners that are hanging their hat on the fact that, well, the policy is conflicting. Are we hunting for uh, deprivation? Are we hunting for the thrill of it? Are we just killing bears because we're killing bears? I mean, you could what if it to death? You can throw out all these random uh, acts of thoughts that that have no bearing on the policy and you can mix it all up with this verbiage and just have your uh your constituents on your panel go oh yeah uh, i agree with her or him because yeah it is very conflicting well it's really not if you would read it decipher it realize it's been in place the the director and staff stand by it and it's been working just fine so again this is nothing more than their ability to drag this out yeah. you're right mckaysick made a point went on point, basically holding his commission to task to say, you're all but killing uh, a, a spring bear hunt for 23, and I might as well say right. 24, because you're not going to yep. get this policy done. There's yep. no urgency. Was his, there, right. there is no urgency. We don't have a sense of urgency on this. You're not yeah. going to get this done. Right. So, um, again, we have our four commissioners who stood by. Yeah, we had four Yeah, four that stood by and supported the, uh, the bear hunt, the bear policy in this case, and then five that voted yes to basically delay the process, mm-hmm. claim that there wasn't a policy. And I want you to know who those commissioners are. Mm-hmm. So the commissioners that voted yes, meaning that yes to not considering the proposal for a spring bear hunt in 23, mm-hmm. those were Chair Baker, Barbara Baker, yep. and then commissioners Roland, Smith, Reagan, and Lemkul. Yep. And I got to say, Lemkul's a shock to me, and it's mm-hmm. dis- it's disappointing because he, you know, he was presented as he presented himself as a hunter, you know, a, a gatherer, fisher. a yes. fisherman, an outdoors person, and, yes. and so to see how he's voted so far mm-hmm. since he's gotten the commission is yep. a complete disappointment. Yeah, he's toting the line. Yep, he's toting the line. And here, you know, the the as we extend this out further, look, it's no secret, uh, Dr. Kim Thorburn and uh, Don McIsaac, they are up for their their term is up. December 31st, 2022, uh, based on the handwriting on the wall, because they have aligned themselves in the in the in the quadrant that is in favor of spring bear. They want to see uh, and provide opportunity when opportunity has been proven. It should be uh, given to the residents of Washington state. They should maximize opportunity when uh, it's in, in favor to do so for game management. Um, and because they, they walked that line and they're on that side of the fence, yeah. I'm pretty sure they are not going to be reappointed. If I, if I had to bet yeah. right now, Tom, yeah. I would bet that they are not going to be reappointed. For and sure. We're, we're going to get two replacements 
that tote the line with what we've seen put in place here the last yeah. year and a half. Yeah, what, what, the other thing that really disappoints me is not only do these commissioners have a lack of knowledge, but they're lazy. Mm-hmm. If you were really concerned, why would you not benchmark the other hunts in the other mm-hmm. states and how the bears are managed in Idaho, Montana, Wyoming? Yeah. Yep. Yeah. yeah. That's you know, by happening. the way, we had a young lady that was attacked by a bear, you know, right. not too long ago. Yeah. So uh, there, <laughs> and there's more and more bear sightings in uh, more dense populated Same areas. thing with the cougars, too. Yeah, oh, 100%. Yeah. There was a young, yeah. a nine-year-old girl that was attacked just yeah. south of Hunters over there where we were over the 4th yes. of July weekend. Yes. So. Yep. Anyway, more on that to come. It's going to continue to uh, drag the feet, and I'm pretty sure we'll be talking about this as we move into 23 with uh, no spring bear hunt uh, on the on the agenda. So, uh, with that, we do have some opening, openings and closing or extensions. Hey, Marine Area Seven is reopening. It opened today. Now, <laughs> this is one of those season management decisions, game time decisions. Yeah. Hey, yeah, we're going to reopen Area Seven. Uh, I'll be here for 72 hours, three days today. So you have. Two days left, tomorrow and Saturday, to go get some Chinook and Marine Area 7. And it's been hot, so go get it done. It has been hot. They are, uh, they're up against 44% of the harvest quota. 800 of the 1,800 uh, quoted fish um, have been uh, retained thus far. 17% of the unmarked encounters. I mean, they got the numbers in here. Only 9% of the sublegal encounters. Mm-hmm. So, you know, there is definitely some room in there to uh, to go uh, get some of these fish here in in uh, July, and of course, then it's going to open up in August. We'll get that August fishery. Yeah, uh, is what's going to happen. So they're giving us three more days in July. Is essentially what it is. So, and then we also have some more halibut openers, which is, you know, I got to say, the the amount of halibut opportunity is absolutely phenomenal. Like mm-hmm. I can remember the days where we'd go to Nia Bay, and we knew that we, even though that first day was going to be a crappy weather weekend, yep. we knew we had to be there because we were only going to get three or four days. And I can't tell you how many years we got three days shut down. Four days Done. shut down. Yep. And so we've got more halibut openers, not only in area three and four. Mm-hmm. Three and four will be open Thursday, August 11th, five days a week, Thursday through Sunday or Saturday. Uh-huh. And then again, September 6th, seven days a week. Okay. That's areas three and four. But not only areas three and four, marine areas one and two, Westport. Okay. Mm-hmm. We got uh, three days in September uh, and three days in August. Yeah. Check that out August 19th, 25th, and 28th, and then September 3rd, 4th, and the 23rd. We are talking, That's phenomenal. We are talking about an August date, potentially, uh, in your boat. Could mm-hmm. be phenomenal. I have some shiny little creatures in that freezer right behind yeah, us. Yeah, we're going to drop them. Huh? Yes. Pretty excited about that, aren't you? I'm excited about that, for sure. You think a 14-inch kokanee is going to get it done? Yeah, I think a 24-inch kokanee would get it done. But, you know. <laughs> I think a four-pound I think kokanee. those ones are getting eaten. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, there is upgrading, but, man, give up a four-pound kokanee. Yeah, I know, I know, I know. Anyway, uh, you know, 14-inch kokanee, I'm good with that. We're going we're gonna to put that down there and see what happens. So, excited, man. We uh, we get some summertime halibut and uh, salmon combination. I think we're going to go out there and get it done. Um, with that also, hey, just announced today before we uh, jumped on here this evening, we actually have one additional... Uh, to add to your limit on the Baker Lake sockeye. So, in other words, they're going to continue to contribute fish into that fishery. They're going to truck them from the fish trap up to the lake, release them, and they're going to put in enough fish into the lake, Tommy, that they're going to go ahead and allow you to have a retention limit of three mm-hmm. Baker Lake sockeye, some of the, the very best sockeye in the state of Washington. Um, like any other sockeye destination, you don't just stumble on it, man. you got to make some plans right. and go get it it's done. All. So, uh, all right, buddy, that's going to do it for us uh, this week here, Fish on Northwest. Always a good time 
to bring you guys the show live each and every week. Next week will be our uh, first installment that will then be presented to you or then put up uh, a week later up on Root Sports. So that is, uh, as we're retooling the studio here and getting this all up and going, pretty exciting stuff. A lot of work ahead, but we're going to make this happen. So excited to uh, be back in here each and every week. Excited to bring you guys the content and really appreciate everybody jumping on here tonight and participating. Uh, With that, have a great weekend. Have a great first half of the week next week, and we'll see you next Thursday right here, 6 p.m. Hey, thanks for joining us here on the Fish on Northwest weekly podcast. I want to remind everyone that you can catch our weekly live stream show on our Facebook page and, of course, our YouTube channel every Thursday evening at 6 p.m. West Coast time. You'll get our insightful in-studio interviews, our extremely detailed how-to segments in the Bait Lab, the infield segments we bring to you when we're on the water or in the woods, and, of course, our amazing cooking recipes in the kitchen with co-host Sherry England and chef Jeff Maxfield. Give us a follow on our Facebook page at Fish Hunt Northwest. Also subscribe to our YouTube channel at Fish Hunt NW. Find us on Twitter and Instagram. And finally, go to our webpage at www.fishhuntnw.com for all the latest and greatest info. Join us each week here on our podcast. Join us each week at our live production. Have a great week, everybody. We'll see you soon. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.